Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Headlocks and Promos, presented by Dual Phoenix Productions, where we talk about everything professional wrestling, past, present, and future. And now, here are your hosts, Draven and Bill. This is your host. Look no further, fella. You found me. Billiam here. Still awesome. Still talking professional wrestling. And today we're going to discuss the Phenom, the Dead Man, the Undertaker. OMG, I love him. This is Draven the Sledgehammer. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. First of all, your name is Cornhammer. And second of all, Anchor. Anchor is what this podcast uses to distribute to all the listening platforms. You're listening to Headlocks and Promos, my favorite wrestling podcast. Hey, William, what's your earliest memory of The Undertaker? Well, if you really want to know, go back and listen to last week's episode because I already explained. Why don't you tell people what your earliest memory is because I don't think I need to repeat myself. Okay, William, mine is The Undertaker versus The Ultimate Warrior. That feud, the episodes on the funeral parlor amazing when they locked warrior into the casket and then all the back help came out with crowbars and screwdrivers started piercing it finally got the ultimate warrior out of it had to do chest compressions on him and all that stuff do you remember how the casket looked on the inside he was scratching it was shredded because he was trying to get out yes he couldn't breathe it was all completely tore up i remember watching that as probably like a seven-year-old kid thinking oh my god I just watched the Ultimate Warrior die on TV. Yeah, and then he got lucky with that body bag match. The Undertaker was so gracious to put him over. He was very gracious. So, William, what is your favorite feud of The Undertaker's? Well, that's pretty easy. I mean, the guy, for 30 years, put on amazing matches. He had great matches with Sean. He had great matches with Triple H. He had great matches with Stone Cold, The Rock. The list goes on and on. But the best for me has to be with Mankind. Those guys beat the hell out of each other in every single kind of match they were in. They were in the Boiler Room Brawl, Buried Alive match, the Hell in the Cell. I mean, it goes on and on. And I'm surprised they lived through their whole feud. That's a that's a great feud. I, I think that... Those that feud definitely took years off both their careers. However, I think the best feud the Undertaker ever had was with his brother Kane. From the start, it was fire. From when he came out and basically ripped off the steel cage door and ripped apart the Undertaker. Not basically, he did. He tore <laughs> right. that thing right off and then tombstoned the crap out of his brother. From that day forward, I mean that was. That was gold. That was a a marquee feud for the company. And even whenever they'd partner them up and put them on the same side, one of them flip on the other and bring back that feud, it was always a moneymaker for them. It it, it was, without a doubt, best feud of The Undertaker. Uh, Second place, I'd give The Warrior just because it was such a huge part of my childhood. And just seeing one of my idols. Wait, what'd you say? The Ultimate Warrior getting beat up <laughs> by The Undertaker. Come it was a now. huge part of my childhood watching 
this man beast get demolished by the dead man. Well, he did beat The Undertaker in a body bag match, which I still think was a humongous load of horse crap. It was. It it was straight baloney. It was. Here in Headlocks and Promos, we have poll questions. And now for your first poll question. Who was the first victim in The Undertaker's WrestleMania streak? All right, I got a question for you, Cornhammer. What is your favorite Undertaker match and why? Hold on, hold on. I'm going to take the lead on this because I don't want you copying off me and being like, oh, I love to have the same favorite match as Billiam. So my favorite match, Hell in a Cell from the King of the Ring pay-per-view, June 28th, 1998, Pittsburgh Civic Arena, Pittsburgh, PA. Not a great town because I love the Cleveland Browns, but the match was amazing from start to finish. Mick Foley started out on top of the cage. Undertaker comes out three or four different times. I thought he was going to fall off the cage because he decided he was like, all right, Mick, fine. You want me up there? I'm coming up there. I understand his hands fitting into the chain link fence, but his boots and feet had to be way too big. And I expected him to fall off. And those guys, that is probably, other than an ECW match, that's got to be one of the most brutal matches I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. I mean, he threw mankind, what was it, 30 feet off the cage? Every bit of it. Tooth coming out of his nose. He was knocked out for a while. They're taking him back on a freaking stretcher. The guy gets off, comes back. They end up on top of the cage again. Undertaker choke slams him through the freaking cage and he lands on all those tacks. I mean, you couldn't ask for more roller coaster, get your emotions up, take them down, match. That to me has got to be in, if it's not his best match, it's top three. Absolutely. What about you? I, I got to agree with you there, Bill. Absolutely. Probably of course best. you do. I think you <laughs> like me a little bit too much. Eh, you wish. Definitely one of his best matches ever. But my favorite all-time match, January 22nd, 1994, Royal Rumble, casket match against Yokozuna. That it, was a good one. It, it, it was a great one. This match I watched live on pay-per-view, and this was where I really started to become a big Undertaker fan had all the hills come out to help Yokozuna. Ultimately, he ended up losing, getting put down in the casket. And my mind was blown with once he was in the casket and they started taking it up the aisleway. And he pops up on the Titan Tron and he's shown transcending up to the heavens and gives his little speech. And that I, I was mind blown, like how... Like, how they have this camera in the casket. Like, right. That's another one where he shouldn't have lost. No, he should. They have like 48 guys come out to help Yokozuna. Exactly. Get him into the casket. Like, I was so fuming that he lost that match, but I was mind blown with what happened after the match. That that lightning bolt and lightning explosion. It it, it was just amazing. It it was captivating, It, it was magic. And I mean, I was 10 years old at the time and just completely captivated by that match. And I mean, no matter what match oh, so he you ever had. started crying when that happened, didn't you? I might have. I'd probably. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Bill, I, Billy, I probably did. 
But yeah, I mean, that match was just captivating for me. No matter what match ever happened with him, even against Bret Hart, Hell in a Cell match with uh, man, with Mankind, it wasn't going to top that. that. That match did it for me. So, William, who do you think The Undertaker should have feuded with and it never happened? Or if they had a few matches, it never really took off? Well, Mr. Cornhammer, I can't believe you're asking me a stupid question like that, but there's only one answer. Got to be the man they called Sting. That, I feel, would have been as big or maybe bigger than WrestleMania 3, Hogan Andre, or WrestleMania 6, Hogan Warrior. It's a, such a shame that they were in separate companies for so many years because when Sting ended up finally coming to the WWE he just he wasn't the same guy neither was the Undertaker for that uh, fact but imagine seeing those guys in mid 90s to late 90s going at it they that is something that could have lasted a few years not just a few months or a few pay-per-views William, I don't give you credit often, but I'll give you credit there. You're in that one. Oh, my God. Somebody write this down. That that would have been epic. As far as staying in the promotion and one that they had a few matches that I really felt like there was a missed opportunity would have been The Undertaker versus Papa Shango. They had a few matches, but they never feuded. And I thought that was an opportunity that would have been epic. These two demons and unique creatures, if they would have feuded for a couple months, got a couple pay-per-views under. And then I, I still strongly believe that Papa Shango, that character, should have been part of the ministry years later. Yeah, I'm not really going to give you credit for anything, but I'll tell you what, that would have been pretty interesting. And now for your second poll question, who broke the Undertaker's face, requiring him to wear a mask? Billiam, I'm a little afraid to ask, but what did you think of the American Badass Undertaker? Well, I wasn't really a fan of it. It, it was kind of a cool look, although I loved him better as a dead man, but... His promos got so much better when he was the American Badass. And he kind of wrestled different, but he was still the Badass Dead Man. William, I actually liked the character. I thought that it was probably the closest thing that we would get to seeing the real Undertaker behind the scenes. The Undertaker character and Mark Calloway, he did a great job of keeping kayfabe with his character. You never saw anything behind the scenes with him. He was always in character, out and about. He was always a dead man. I can vouch for that because early 2000s, I used to hang out with him a lot. I mean, we used to slang and bang on our Harleys, and there were three, four times that I can remember that I had to save him from getting his butt whooped at a bar. Can you even hold up a Harley? What did you think when the Dead Man character returned at WrestleMania 20? Oh, oh my God, I was so excited. It's kind of funny because 
Paul, when Paul Bear came out, the roof blew off the house. And that slow entrance, he was back to the dead, man. His look was a little different. He had a cowboy hat on instead of the old Stetson. But no one knew Paul Bear was even going to be there. You heard Paul Bear's voice saying, oh, yeah. And the whole place went nuts. And I'll let you in on a little information that only I know. Paul Bearer, a.k.a. Percy Pringle, put on his website that he was not going to be there. And people actually got mad at him for lying. And he's like, you know, hey, mofo, I'm trying to keep kayfabe. The match, the match was just okay, but the entrance killed it. Yeah, I I was, I was a total mark whenever he was uh, coming back at WrestleMania 20. I really looked forward to it coming, him and his character coming back. Super excited. I didn't pay for pay-per-views very often, but when I knew that he was coming back in character, I had to watch it. Mom, can you please get this pay-per-view for me? Please, I was 20. I paid for it myself, Billiam. I doubt that. (laughs) And now, here's your poll answer. The answer to the first poll question, March 24th, 1991. Jimmy, Superfly Snooka at WrestleMania 7. Are you talking about the same Jimmy Superfly I took a coconut to the head from Roddy Piper? Damn Skippy. (laughs) <laughs> no questions about it. The Undertaker is a legend. That goes without saying. He had a streak. Which should never, ever have been stopped. Damn you, Brock Lesnar, for trying to take over that match. Agreed, Billiam. And he has been with the same company for 30 years. Where does he rank amongst the all-time greats? Well, I put him... Top three, top five. I don't really, those guys that are the cream of the crop, depending on what you're looking at, they can be ranked anywhere in those five. But I'm going to give you my uh, review of him. His headlocks, eight to ten, depending on the years you're talking about. His promos, once he became the American Badass, His promos were about an 8 to 10. Before, he had people talking for him, but once he became the American Badass, he really emerged, and it was like he felt more comfortable in his own skin to talk like he wanted to. And his overall look, other than the American Badass, 10 plus. His first incarnation, to me, was still the best. He had the fat tie, the old Stetson, the coat, the gloves. The tattered uh, button-down shirt sleeves. I mean, he was a scary you-know-what. What about you? How do you rate him? Well, I got to say, we have guys up amongst the top like uh, Hawk Hogan. We've got John Cena, Ric Flair, The Rock, Stone Cold. I say none of those guys can hold a candle to The Undertaker. Agreed. 30 years, same business only took breaks when he was hurt. The dude is top of the mountain. WWE in his blood. Yes, hands down. As far as giving him uh, some numbers, headlocks, nine. 
I mean, early on, I was amazed with how he could operate in the ring. Such a big dude walking the top rope. I mean, the only thing missing from his game, submissions. I don't ever recall submissions in his game. He never needed to. He beat the living crap out of people. Touche. Touche. Now, as far as the promos, now, as far as the promos, I'm going to take another pose opposition to you, Bill. As far as the promos, I'm going to oppose you there, Billiam. Well, you're probably going to be wrong, but let's hear what you got to say, Jabroni. I think the original Undertaker, the original incarnation of him, was great. When he spoke, you listened. He did not speak often, but when he did, you listened. Yes, you did. He did get much better on the mic when he became the American badass. He developed well. But I still love that early on Undertaker when he spoke, you listened and you remembered what he had to say. I give him a 10 on the promos. Overall look, 10 plus. I mean, even as the American badass, 10 plus. That was real life Undertaker you guys saw there, folks. Poll question number two. (laughs) Oh my God, I know the answer to the second one. Let me take this. The person who broke the Undertaker's face was your mother, Queen Maybelline. She went off the ropes, jumped up, it seemed like 10 feet in the air, and dropped the biggest freaking leg I've ever seen on the Undertaker and just crushed his face. William, I think you're mistaken. That wasn't my mother. Who was it then? King Mabel. King Mabel? Who is that? If it wasn't your mother... Viscera, King Mabel. Oh, right, 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 right. Today, we discuss the dead man, my friend, my pal, my compadre, The Undertaker. In our earliest memories, our favorite matches, and some of the best feuds ever. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode. Well, once again, I'm not thanking anybody. They need to be thanking me. Bow down, jabronis. (laughs) But I do hope you come back for more Headlocks and Promos next week. Oh, could you please? Be sure to catch our next episode where we talk about the evolution of women in pro wrestling. Whoa, whoa. We're having strippers on next week? You didn't even tell me. You didn't get the memo? No, no. Oh, my goodness. Are any going to be on the show? No. They heard you were here. That's too bad, man. I am super lonely. They've gone from a sideshow to stealing the show. Please like and follow Headlocks and Promos on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Anchor. See you when I see ya!